Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. Oh, what a reminder that song is. How important it is that we do remember that. We go through so many things in this life, so many trials, so many tribulations, so uh, many situations that are hard for us to, to begin with, understand why they're happening. A lot of times we can look back and see why something happened that uh, we didn't like, uh, didn't feel good to us, didn't seem right to us. But a lot of times we can't. But we have comfort in our heart, peace in our heart, because we know that God was in control in whatever that situation was, whatever that situation is today. God is in control. Second Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having, <clears throat> we having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the trans, uh, might, might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Brother Gene read for us the fourth chapter of Second Corinthians this morning. Let's go back there just to begin with here. 
verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, remember who He is. Remember who it is that loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you. And Jesus is the second person in the Holy Trinity. He's God. He created all things that exist, including you. The same God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, and we have that account in the book of Genesis in chapter 1. His Word is so powerful. Even then, we have a great example of the power and authority of His Word. He just spoke it into existence. His powerful will and plan. He has a powerful will and plan for your life today too. He has spoke you into existence. How did Adam become a living soul? God breathed the breath of life into him. How did you become a living soul? God, through the Holy Spirit, breathed the breath of life into you. The Bible says that He quickened you. And that word quick means to live. And that's what He did when He saved you. For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, this same mighty, powerful God in control of all things has shined in our hearts. Shined in our hearts. What did He shine in our hearts? Himself, the knowledge of Himself. This knowledge is a powerful saving knowledge. It's not the same as learning something from the from uh, Google or somewhere, learning how to put shocks on my truck. It's different than that, isn't it? Yes, it's a powerful knowledge, and the knowledge is personal. Again, I say it's a knowledge that causes us to realize that He hung on the cross for us. For you, for me, personally. He's a personal God, you see. He comes into each of our hearts with this knowledge of Him. And oh, it's such a powerful knowledge. It gives us a peace in our mind and heart that we're His. And Paul says nothing. He names several things and he says, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of this God who owns us and created us for His own purpose. He has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what did He teach us? He taught us that all glory goes to God, didn't He? Yes. Shined in our hearts, verse 6, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, that we understand that all glory goes to God. He taught us to realize that Jesus Christ, the only man who ever lived a perfect life before God, paid the entire price for your sin. He redeemed you. He bought you back. You, in and of yourselves, had no authority, no power, no ability to reach out and take hold of the hand of God. Why? Because there's a great gulf between man and God. And it's fixed. 
So God gets all the glory. And isn't that what He showed you? When He quickened your heart? First, He showed you yourself. Your real self. Not the self that we project ourselves to be. That image that we put out for everybody to see. But the inward person that inherited the fallen nature of Adam and Eve. And He shows us that we're hopeless without Him. He showed us that He gets all the glory because He's the only one who pleased God. Are we pleasing to God? Absolutely. How? Through Jesus Christ. You see, the righteousness of Jesus Christ in God's economy, in God's eyes, has been imputed to you. So now you're justified. Some have defined that word as being just as if you've never sinned. Well, that's a pretty good analogy because God said He put your sin as far as east is from the west. They don't come back together, do they? I know I'm pointing to north and south, but that's a long ways apart, isn't it? He did away with your guiltiness. We, Sister Wynn and I read a devotion the other day, and it talked about the scapegoat. And you remember back in the Old Testament that one of the things that the priest by the way, this was God's way because it pointed to Jesus Christ who hadn't come yet. But there was like a lottery, a chance on two little goats. One of them for the Lord. One of them was for a name that I can't pronounce. But the one that fell on the Lord was sacrificed, wasn't he? The other one, the scapegoat, the sins of the people were put on the scapegoat and he was let out into the wilderness never to be seen again. That's quite a study that I haven't done much of. But Jesus Christ bore all of your sins. All of them. So, When Paul here says that He shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, He's showing us that Jesus Christ did not deserve the death that He died. He deserved the righteousness that He lived because He lived it and He never sinned and He pleased God with that life. Oh, in the face of Jesus Christ. There's a psalm that says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength and seek His face evermore oh 
that we would seek Him in all of these things that we go through in this life. All right. Turn with me now. First Peter chapter 1. In verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. That's quite an identifier saying who he's speaking to, isn't it? Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. That's you, brother. That's you, sister. Through sanctification of the Spirit. What happens when God saves you? He puts His Spirit within you, doesn't He? And what does that do? It separates you from yourself to begin with, doesn't it? Absolutely. Now there's two natures within you. Thus the battle and the armor that Paul taught us to put on to fight this battle every day. It's a battle within us. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit or setting aside. We have been sanctified. We have been set aside because Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives within us. We've been set aside, sanctified of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. There He is again giving up His perfect life for you, shedding His blood from a perfect body, that the righteousness that He lived out and earned even before God, a holy, righteous God, was pleased with Him, He has given for you. Grace unto you. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again. You were born, you're a human, then you were born again. He has begotten us again. This is a new birth. He has begotten us again, verse 3, unto a lively hope or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Sin causes death. Sin is the sting of death. Jesus had to voluntarily give up his life. You know why? Because he didn't have any sin of his own. Death didn't have a grip on him, did it? No, he had to voluntarily give his life because he didn't deserve death. He had no sin. Oh, but he carried sin to the cross, didn't he? He bore that cross. He bore that burden. He has begotten us. This is the new birth. Again, unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now when we come together, we come together to comfort one another. We're told to comfort one another with these words. And these words were the fact that Jesus is coming back for us. We're going to know Him because when we see Him because he, we're going to be like Him. 
reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Who's the author and finisher of our faith? It's the Lord Jesus Christ that deserved life for you. Through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherefore you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Are we in heaviness? Absolutely we are. The Lord said, in this world, in this life, you will have tribulations. And we do. But then he said, rejoice or be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He has overcome all of your enemies. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. Remember in Romans chapter 8 and about verse 28, he tells us that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. Well, we love Him because He loved us, right? All things work for our good, even these, for a season, these heaviness, heavy situations through manifold temptations that we're going through, even they are for our good, though we don't understand them. We may be... uh, distressed because of a loved one's situation that we don't have power to do anything about. We may be going through pain. We may be looking at neck surgery, uh, back injections, neck injections, pain, old age. Some of us are dealing with already. All of these things are in God's hands. Dental work. That hurts. I've had a lot of it done. Working through pain and discomfort to make a living for our families. Facing unbelievers every day. Discouragement. It's all part of our, if you will, on-the-job training in this life. What are we being trained for? The next life. God is gone. The Lord Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. He prepared this place in six days. How long has He been working on the new place for us? This is going to be amazing, isn't it? The wonders of this world are nothing compared to what it will be like to be in the presence of God. We won't even need the sunlight because His presence will lighten the new earth. Oh, what a Savior. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, this is First Peter 1, 6, though now for a season, remember that, it's just for a season. The Lord's coming back soon. For a season, if need be, well, who, who knows if need be or not? The Lord. He has your life planned out. Even Jesus said, if it's possible that this cup would pass from me. Remember? In the Garden of Gethsemane, the same place where he sweated blood. He was a human. He was a real man. 
But then he said, but thy will be done, O Father. He knew what he was going to have to go through. Isaiah said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That joy is you. It's you. Verse 7 says, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you still love him, in whom though now you see him not, you believe. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Bible tells us that the pain, the distress, the tribulations, as the Lord put it, that we're going through cannot be compared with the glory that will be revealed where? In you and in me. Oh, the new person that you are in Jesus Christ will be glorified. Romans chapter 8 tells us that you will be glorified. That you've been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, the perfect one, remember? The only perfect one. You're going to be like Him. Because all this sinfulness of our flesh has been put away by He who paid the price, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, the only name by which we must be saved. Today, is the day of salvation. Rejoice with me as we comfort each other. When we come together, this love that we have, we comfort each other. We remind each other that Jesus is the answer. What's the question? Doesn't matter. What's the problem? What's the pain? What's the doubt? What's the stress? Doesn't matter. Seek Jesus and His strength and seek His face forevermore. He is the answer.